myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say to Good evening, welcome to When UFC Matters It's Thursday night and uh, I'm joined as always by Super Mac, Malcolm MacDonald and John Gibson from the Evening Chronicle Good evening lads Good Hi guys. Steve. Hi, John. Hi, I'm good, good to see you. And as always, plenty to talk about with regard to Newcastle United. But um, I've got to speak to you about the FA Cup replays, lads. We've been talking about it off screen, Mal. And, um, you know, this, this chat about, you know, depending on who draws who and. You know, if, if you know if there's a big uh, who's playing in Europe, it's, and... it's crazy, Mal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it is because what they're doing is they're actually differentiating uh, one one club from another. Everybody's got to go into this kind of competition totally equal um, and be treated equally right the way through. So, if they play in a in a a game that finishes in a draw. They must play a replay or you cancel replays throughout the competition. But but at the moment, they're saying, well, some people will have replays, others won't. We'll decide on each individual club, match, etc. Wrong. Totally wrong. Yeah. What's your thoughts, John? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um because, I mean, as far as Newcastle are concerned, if we draw lower uh, division clubs because we're not in Europe, we'll probably go ahead and have replays. But later on, later on in the competition, if we draw a club that is in Europe, then it's got to be a one-off. And if we are playing away from home against a team in Europe and we draw at Man City, but we've got to go an extra time and etc. etc. instead of coming to St James's Park. And, and we'll feel well agreed. Yeah, we'll and then well on, the, on the final whistle of extra time, if it's still level, I presume it goes immediately to penalties. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And, and it also takes the romance out of this competition for smaller clubs. <clears throat> and the FA Cup for me is totally based on romance. And yeah. the romance comes to us eventually. I mean, Newcastle in the 50s, you couldn't get anything more romantic than that. But put it, something Malcolm will appreciate with me, although it was against Newcastle, if that had happened in the old days, Hereford would have had it, wouldn't have got a replay against Newcastle at Newcastle if, if, if Hereford sure. had been forced to go to extra time and then a penalty kick out. And we had beaten them instead of them getting a replay at Hereford and then winning uh, in front of their own fans. It can take the romance out of the cup. And having been once in charge of uh, owning Gateshead, I mean, my great times were in the FA Cup with Gateshead when we, as a non-league club, would try to play a league club and try to get results. Take sure. the romance away and, and you're killing it. It's... Um, it's not good news. And in fact, it's absolutely outrageous because Newcastle, early on, if they're playing from lower league teams, will not have replays. But if they get the fourth or fifth round or something and draw Liverpool away or Man City away, then they won't have a replay sure. in James's and, Park because they're playing in Europe. And, and John, yeah. I, I, re I remember, um, in, 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 albeit it was the League Cup, um, and when I was managing Fulham, uh, we would uh, we came out the hat away to Liverpool. So we went up to Anfield and we got a nil-nil draw. We took them back to Craven Cottage and that finished nil-nil after extra time. And then we tossed up in the referee's room as to where we played the third game. And I won. And so we played again at Craven Cottage. All of that would be missed in the way that the absolutely. FA are wanting to do it. And absolutely. it was absolutely magical, the whole run. It was fantastic. And, and we had huge crowds. Everybody just so loved it. Um, there, there were television cameras um, coming along um, to it all. And, uh, and it, there would be so much 
um, brilliant televised football being missed, uh, the wonderful atmosphere within uh, the stadium. Absolutely. And, uh, it, and, and it's not treating everybody equally. And you must be treated equally in a competition. Yeah, there's, there's no quite. I mean, it is an absolute joke. And the only way that uh, I will be happy with it is if, if, if it takes us to Wembley because we play Manchester City at Newcastle and they're forced to continue at Newcastle and we'll beat them on penalties and go to Wembley. Then I'll say it's the greatest decision the FA has ever made in our whole life. But outside of that, it's absolute to us. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> I see your point. <laughs> Lads, last week, I hate to remind you, but we predicted 3-0, 4-0 and 5-0. We did. And ultimately, when me and Malcolm stood at the Dog and Parrot last week, I said to him, is this a potential banana skin? And he said, I hope not. It was a potential banana skin, Malcolm. Mm -hmm. And 1-1 at the end of the day, looking at the stats... 73% 73% possession, 20 shots on goal, eight on target. One of them was a goal, which was a penalty. But Newcastle United, ultimately, Malcolm, did enough to win, I guess. But they didn't. It was a 1-1 oh, yeah. draw against a team we were hoping to get three points against. And in all honesty, Steve, I'm not so sure that Newcastle did enough to actually win. And I'll tell you for why. In the first half, Newcastle United had 66% of possession. Bournemouth had only half of that. But Newcastle, for all that possession, they never had a shot until Trippier, in the 40th minute, um, hit the post with a free kick. That was the first um, that that worked the goalkeeper, that... um, that, uh, 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 caused any danger on the Bournemouth goal. Well, if you're going to play like that, you might as well take the goals out off the pitch because they're they're not required, for heaven's sake. Newcastle didn't shoot. And if you don't shoot, you do not win football matches. Albeit, I know that that last five minutes in the first half, it, it was all rather frantic and exciting and... Uh, and, and Newcastle very nearly um, scored. They had another three or four shots in that five minutes. But that's just not good enough considering the whole 45. And then when they came out for the second half, they continued as they had started in the first half. And they, they just didn't even look as if they were going to get efforts on, on, on target um, and, and never looked like they were going to score. For heaven's sake, they, they, um, there were no, what I would call, misses, glaring misses or, or great saves by the goalkeeper. What the hell is this side doing? That For all that possession, you have to get forward and you have to get crosses into the box, you have to get shots on goal, Otherwise, you're just going to stay continually scoreless. And uh, even even I thought Eddie Howe after the game is the most critical I I've heard him speak of of the side uh, post match. Yeah, John, what's your thoughts? Yeah, um, extremely disappointed. We had all expected a goal feast, and to a certain extent, we had every reason to. Bournemouth had shipped goals left, right and centre this season. Um, What I thought it was Newcastle's poorest performance of the season. Yes, they they played indifferently perhaps at Brighton, but this was at home for goodness sake. And Brighton up the top end of the table and Bournemouth on. Now, what we did was we played the whole of the game. Malcolm was absolutely correct. We played the whole of the game in front of their back five. We never got beyond them. We never mm-hmm. got round them. We played in front of them. Now they're comfortable with that. 
they're playing away from home. They've been shopping goals. So throw us the ball and say, as long as you want to play in front of our five, you can have the ball. You carry on. Not a problem. And that is what we did. And we ran out of ideas. We didn't have any ideas. And my feeling on the whole thing is when I look at it, we what is hugely disappointing for me is that we have just played back-to-back Crystal Palace and Bournemouth at home and failed to beat either of them. Not only have we failed to beat either of them, but we have failed to score against either of them from open play. Our only goal in those two games was a penalty. We have failed to score at home mm. from open play. Now, I don't. I hasten to add, I need to say this, because I sound very critical of Newcastle, and in, in that game I am critical. But I, I'm not critical over the whole picture, because... You know, I'm not going to go from waving the flag and saying wonderful Newcastle and what has been achieved in the last year uh, since the takeover is truly magnificent, then start sounding doom and gloom. But in in to be realistic, I look at the record. One five one is the record. Now that immediately tells you there's too many draws because we've won one out of seven, albeit we've only lost one out of seven. Now, let us look at the, at those draws. We got five draws. Manchester City was a magnificent draw. 3-3, yeah. three, three, great game. We were 3-1 up. They're from a different planet to most teams in the Premier League. That was absolute huge plus. But our other four draws are against Brighton, Wolves, Crystal Palace and Bournemouth. There is not a Champions League side in there. They are sides that you, you that you can beat. And should be. We've managed a couple of points against, say, a couple of extra points each against Palace and Bournemouth. Wolves, who are who were very average, uh, we should be on a lot better off than we are. Um, and it is disappointing and the one thing is disappointing guys and we've got to put this right look at it this way we've put pressure on ourselves because if we go the next three games if we don't get a win in those and i'm not suggesting we won't but if we don't it's one win out of ten that then looks totally totally different ball yeah. game in those three games of fulham away who are three points ahead of us and, and, and so on, easy. Mitrovic, it's Brentford at home. They're doing okay. They're all right. Tony, and then it's Manchester United away. Now, if we don't get a win in them, it's one win out of ten, then it doesn't look good. But I've got to, having said all that, I've got to say the strides we've made in the year and the takeover anniversary is not until October next month has been phenomenal. And I'm not knocking that whatsoever. We've hit a little bump in the road, but we've got to go on. And you know what the little bump in the road's told me, guys? That this squad isn't deep enough. Because what has happened with Bruno out until he come back, and naturally he was rusty, and Wilson out and Maxi out, our good bench players started in the team. They aren't on the bench anymore. They started in the team. So that when we went and looked at our bench to change things, it was very, very thin. The squad is still thin and needs a little look at in January. Because once we are okay when we've got our best team out. That's often the case with clubs. When we have Wilson available and Maxi available and Bruno right up 100%, we are okay. Once we get injuries like that, we're not okay. Is there a problem, Malcolm? Do you think with injuries? Sorry, I'm going to say, Mal, do you think there's inju- Do you think there's a problem with the injuries that we're getting? Because Steve Middlemas mentioned we seem to be getting a lot of injuries. Well, um, yes, we are. I suppose. Um, yes, and I and and I think as a uh, um, that the, a manager and coaches should should and the physios. 
they that, that um, they should be in discussion as to why this is happening, because I'm not seeing um, dangerous challenges to cause them. You know, so uh, so there is a problem there. Um, but also, what I was going to um, just add on to what John was saying, that I saw, and despite all the subs that came on uh, later in the game, what I saw was Newcastle starting with plan A, and there was never any change, change of personnel, no. but there was no tactical change whatsoever to to seek to cause more danger in the penalty area. Things just weren't happening in the penalty area, for heaven's sake. Um, and it stayed plan A all the way to the final whistle. And uh, and there was just a complete and utter lack of, uh, a lack of imagination as, as to how Newcastle could go and beat Bournemouth. And for heaven's sake, all right, so Bournemouth, they, they had a way of playing and they can say, but it was very successful. Yeah, but come on. We, we should actually be, be passing through them. And we never look to pass through them. We should be running through them. We never look to run through them. We play okay until we get to the last third. Within sight of the penalty area and it's and it just all comes to a, a, a halt um and, and I, for example almiron out on the right wing didn't get a cross in didn't get a shot in fraser out on the left wing didn't get a cross in didn't get a, a shot in and you think well what are they doing there? How are they playing game after game if they, against Bournemouth, can't get a cross into the box to give somebody a chance, can't get a shot on goal? You know, so there's just no danger coming from anywhere. Also, I think that Isaac, I think what, what we saw um, against Bournemouth was Isaac being played in totally in the wrong position. What he was trying to play was how Wilson plays through the middle, back to goal, and then he'll spin and, and go. But he's happy to have the ball played into his feet. He'll knock it off and then spin and go. Isaac, he doesn't play with his back to goal and he needs to be playing off um, of Wilson um, and so that so that he, he's, he's sort of going around the arc um, in front of Wilson, but facing goal all the while. Um, and, and then things, things might really spark. But at the moment, it's just not sparking up front in any way whatsoever. Um, and, and I just hope that Eddie Howe is going to be prepared to play two up front as soon as Wilson is fit. And, and let uh, and let Isaac uh, go left and right of um, of Wilson, and uh, and and become the second man going into the box. So it it it, it for me was it was without imagination Newcastle's performance, and uh, uh, you always need to have have that thought. And, um, and and that imagination, just to just to tweak things, just to change things. I didn't see players l looking to change it, um, e even with with Trippier. Now Trippier is terrific at communication, and I didn't really see him just trying to to correct or perfect um, the movement of other players around him, um, and and it was all. Oh, it was all so run of the mill with no with no real thought process to to look to get the best out of um, out of Newcastle and okay Bournemouth yes they were um, they they were organized um, but the art of, of of playing football particularly at that level 
is breaking down that organization. And I didn't see anybody um, really wanting to, to break Bournemouth down. And we were happy to just play in front of them. Um, I didn't... Do you re recall at all in the whole of that 90 of minutes somebody looking to take a Bournemouth defender on and okay maybe maybe getting dis dispossessed but did you see anybody actually take a, a, a defender on because I don't recall it no it was it was a game that was um you know lackluster because yes. they came to close us down but you are 100% right. There was lack of creativity. Almiron never got one cross in. And Ryan Fraser, who set up two goals last night, John, um, yeah. you know, didn't really put a cross in that was worthy of a, a centre-forwards finish. So he can do it for Scotland. He couldn't do it for Newcastle. But it's it's down to formations, John. I don't want to be too harsh on players individually, John. I don't think it's fair. Because Newcastle did have 20 shots. Had eight on target. We scored a goal. I think we have to see it as a compliment the way that Crystal Palace and Bournemouth came to Newcastle and set up John. It shows how far we've come in a short space of time. People are coming to St James's Park now to close us down rather than rather than to attack us and try and you know take us on. I take that point absolutely, and that is true, and it is a compliment to what we've done. But you, the next step you always take is that you address that situation and you do something about it now Newcastle have quite rightly done something about first things first, the defence which was letting in four and five goals in the Ashley Bruce era, we bought in on block a full defence we bought in Pope Trippier, Botman Byrne and Target that's a that's four defenders and a goalkeeper. And we have to a certain extent locked that door. Yes, we let a goal in, that happens. We rarely let two in or more unless we're playing Man City. So that's taken care of. Bruno has done a terrific job in opening up in the inventiveness of the midfield. But our mid the centre third in the forward third is still a, a work in progress. We have, when Bruno's been out of the side, and I really take the match against Bournemouth as that because he wasn't at his best because he wasn't match shot. Uh, and you take our front guys and you, you've got Maxi out and you've got Wilson out. I mean, if we pick our front three, Wilson and Maxi will be two of them. Then it's Almiron or it's Isaac now he's here or whoever. But that's two of the front three out. You look at midfield, you would go Joe Linton, Bruno. Bruno wasn't firing and one other. We aren't, we haven't got the creativity in the middle of the park and we haven't got the cutting edge up top. But if we can get that creativity in the middle of the park, and by the way, James Madison, I'll come back with that, sign him in January, and it's a whole new ball game, baby. Don't you worry about that. It's a whole new game then. But we've got to wait for that. And while we wait for that, and I know it couldn't be done on Saturday because he was injured, please give Elliot Anderson a chance in the middle of the park because I think he can create. And I feel there's a little bit of labouring when we have Willett and Longstaff. Yeah. If Bruno's if fit for the next game at Fulham, I would go Bruno, Joe Linton and Anderson. And of course, we need Bruno to be fit, who at the moment's got a knock where he is. And we need Anderson to be fit, who at the moment's got a knock. He wasn't available on, against Bournemouth and he pulled out of the Scotland uh, under-21 squad. We need them to be fit. Sure, but, and he's been given a new contract, hasn't he? Yes, he has, which is which mm. is thoroughly deserved. Yeah, thoroughly deserved. You, yes, you, you know you don't want another Lee Clarkson situation, do you? Mm. Where the best play, the best young players feel have got to disappear to have any sort of future. Yeah, Newcastle's a new ball game now, and that isn't happening. 
and Elliot Anderson will be terrific. But maybe if we, you see, I'm a great believer that Isaac has been. He is not a replacement for Wilson when Wilson's injured because he doesn't yeah. play the Wilson way. He is not an orthodox, through-the-middle centre-forward. He is a link player as well as a finisher. He likes to link play. He likes to join in. He likes to drift right. He likes to drift left. He doesn't play between the posts exclusively in the way that Wilson will do. And therefore, I think when... Far from can the two of them play together, which was the the uh, discussion all Newcastle fans had the day he signed. I think that not only can they play together, but it, it, they will both benefit by playing together because Wilson will play orthodox through the middle between the posts, centre forward who finishes. Isaac will play slightly off him, wide of him, but be a wide player who can finish. We haven't got a wide player who finishes. And if Maxi goes on the other side and produces anything like he did in his last two games, he ran the show against Manchester City and he was poor at Wolves but scored a wonderful, wonderful equaliser. So if he does his business one side, Isaac does his business the other side and Wilson goes through the middle... um, and if we could get that on the park at Fulham and put Anderson in behind him alongside Bruno and Joe Linton, it can be a different ballgame. Can be, 100%. Lots of comments coming in. Uh, post your questions. If you've got any uh, into the chat, we will uh, have a quick ad break now and uh, we will be back very shortly. Big thank you to skipsandbins.com, telephone 0800 25 email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website skipsandbins.com, easy contract, free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals, independent funeral directors, you can find them at 304 Old Durham Road, Gateshead, telephone 0191 478 2730, email Darren at darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk, or go to the website darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Thanks to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists. You can find them at the gohd.com. And thanks to Three Property, who specialise in sourcing investment properties for their clients who are looking to invest in the Northeast. They offer a full in-house service from sourcing the deals to managing the properties for you. They've done over 100 plus deals in the past 12 months for clients all over the UK. Give the guys a follow on Instagram, matty.patter underscore northeast property and phil.read underscore northeast property or email phil at 3property.co.uk if you're interested in getting a good property deal. Thanks also to Mr. Vicky's Sources. They are handmade in Cumbria. You can find them at mrvickies.co.uk or give them a call on 01768 210102. Thanks to Media Ops for all the help with the video technology side of things. And thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. If you want to subscribe to the channel, hit the NUFC Matters logo in the bottom right-hand corner, and you can subscribe for free. Hit the thumb up underneath the video and to like it. It does us a big favour. And click share to share to your social media, such as Facebook, and Twitter. Maybe it's added to a Newcastle United group. Uh, you can also make a donation. Just hit the thanks button underneath if you're enjoying the content and you want to share something with me or the people on the channel. And you can also click join, which means that you uh, commit to maybe a monthly membership, or you can become a cult member. How do you do that? Well, you go to the website, nufcmatters.com, and you search for membership. What do you get for your £25 one-off payment? You get a cup, a pen, a membership card, and a scarf, and entry into the monthly draw. We also have a smart code. There you go, the QR code there. If you put your smartphone over it, it'll take you straight to the website, and you can get involved in a cult membership pack today. We also give you something for nothing. If you subscribe to the show, then email john at nufcmatters.com and get your free car window sticker now. 
We also support the Food Bank on here, NUFC fans. Foodbank.co.uk is the match day bucket website. You just need to go there and you can make a virtual donation. Don't forget, during the season on match days, we're at the Dog and Parrot with Superman pre-match and post-match. And we're at Pumphreys, John Anderson and John Gibson, pre-match only. Also got the takeover anniversary party coming up at the Irish Centre. Tickets are £2 on the door and uh, you can get your tickets for that from nufcmatters.com. And Supermac will be at the Terrace Club in Seton Delaville, Friday the 11th of November. Tickets are a tenner, table is £6.50 and you can get those tickets from 0191 237 0133. Elliot Anderson, Malcolm. Uh, a young protégé at Newcastle United uh, who was doing well. New contract. Great news. Yes. <clears throat> uh, I'd like to see more of him playing. Though. Yeah. Uh, I think <clears throat> um, when he came on uh, a, a couple of matches back, it was Crystal Palace, wasn't it, if, if memory serves me? Yeah. Um, I, I, and he was out on the left wing. But... Oh, he, he, he did some delightful little things on the ball, um, taking players on. And that's the, that's the one thing that's just not happening um, at, at the moment in the side, that Newcastle United players aren't running at defenders, looking to commit them, get beyond them, um, and, and then see if there's a shot on or a cross or whatever. Um, and, and so I, before... Before the positive things are knocked out of him, I want to see him actually given that run in the side, in his best position. Because I think that a, a, a manager has got to do a young lad the right thing and play him in his very best position where he can give of his best um, rather than sort of sticking him out wide um, and sort of letting him feel his way give him a chance to play in his best position and show you what uh, um just what you're capable of doing and what i've what i found i i was always prepared when managing was always prepared to give youngsters that chance but i will play them in their best position and i would give them six matches so that they could pick up on the speed of the game, the pace of the game, um, uh, uh, and because it, it's a quite different um, uh, uh, atmosphere and, and style of football to play in than, than what they've been used to. Um, and so give them that, that chance and I will play them for six games. I would then take them out because they can get a bit exhausted. Take them out. Give them a game or two just to oh, let let everything settle in their head, but then put them back in, and ah, oh, and they used to they used to look absolutely terrific that second time around. They might have done ever so well in the first part, but the second part usually they they came out they were absolutely terrific. And I think that this this lad Elliot Anderson he's got to be given that opportunity. Give him half a dozen games in his best position. Why not partner him with Bruno in the middle of the park? And Bruno behind him and let, let's see what Anderson can do. I'd love to see somebody in midfield just running, running at the opposition. See what they can do. See if they can start the split because, because Wilson um, and, and, and Isaac, they, they, they haven't been experiencing that um and and that and then they can make their runs and and with space that gives somebody running through elliot anderson um uh, hopefully um it gives them that opportunity to continue the run or knock it off player one two even you know um but it's movement that starts to make space and what have you um and at the moment newcastle they don't really move that much. It's all done very stationary, um, and and whatever movement there is, it's without purpose. What's your thoughts on Elliot Anderson signing a new contract, John? 
Terrific. Uh, because, and I noticed, which I was rather pleased, Dan Ashworth come out and, and put some quotes behind this new contract because he was a great believer at Brighton and clearing a pathway towards the first team for academy players, those of quality, and he was backing this. That is terrific for us because the lad has got a real, real chance. Um, there's absolutely no question about that. I'm convinced that he might even have started against Bournemouth had he been available and instead of having a knock. He is long overdue and I would like to see him get his chance either at Fulham or home to Brentford because both those matches are a bit like the Bournemouth match. It would give him a real chance before you go to Manchester United. I'm not meaning that's impossible because when you've got quality, it isn't impossible. Nothing is impossible. It's interesting that he's thinking about whether to switch from Scotland to England because he hasn't played in competitive games as yet. That can happen. Declan Rice, as you know, switched from Ireland to to England before. And that could happen with Anderson. That would be a huge loss to Steve Clark, our old coach. If he lost a talent like Anderson out of the Scotland squad, the future Scotland first-team squad, it would be a mammoth blow. But the, the, the lad is naturally going to think, if I'm good, and he'll believe he is good, and I believe he is good, perhaps I've got an England future, never mind the Scotland future, where there's no, much... We've lost John. Chance. He's gone into the uh, ether. He's back. Are you back, John? Go on. Yes. Was I off there? You were off, but you're back. You were just saying, if he thought he was good... If he thought he was good and he was good enough to go and play for England rather than Scotland, where there's much more opportunity perhaps to go on and win things, he would want to look at that the way that Declan Rice went to England, having been with Ireland. And, but it would be a huge blow to Steve Clark. There's absolutely no question about that. He qualifies for Scotland, I think, through grandparents on, on um, dad's side. Uh, he obviously qualifies for England, but not just his family, but he was born in England. But really, I'm not concerned with which country he goes and plays for. I'm just concerned that he plays for Newcastle United. And that's what this contract is telling us is going to happen. And I think the boy has got a terrific chance. I'm apprehensive because I beat his gong so flipping much I'm almost making him the Maradona that, that <laughs> uh, Joey Barton called him at, at Bristol Rovers and I don't want to do that to the kid because you don't want to put extra pressure on him uh, so the sooner he gets a start and gets into his proper life the better because the more I keep banging the gong the more there can be um, pressure on him to go sure. out there and flick it up his trouser leg but I think he's got a real chance. He needs that breakthrough. And we need that inspiration at the moment. If we mm. can get injuries to clear up, and that's injuries to Anderson, injury to Bruno, an injury to Isaac, and they could all clear up, and the injury to Callum Wilson clear up, which I firmly believe will clear up before Fulham, if we can go down to Fulham with... Wilson back in the side, Isaac out wide, and Bruno, Joe Linton, and Anderson in midfield. Yeah. Then you've got a real chance to get that win, which is proven to be elusive at the moment. Absolutely, John. Yeah, I I would fully agree on that. Yeah, I've got to ask you about the interview this week, Malcolm, with uh, Rafa Benitez. Um, uh, we haven't heard a great deal from Rafa. Uh, since his departure from Everton, but um, he came out and gave us a few sound bites about his time at Newcastle and other clubs, it has to be said. Clearly looking for a new uh, position in the Premier League, perhaps. Um, th there could be a couple of vacancies, maybe Leicester, West Ham. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to hear what he had to say. Nothing surprised me about what he said about Newcastle. You know, he was very polite, very, um, very honest. Um, and diplomatic. And diplomatic. That is exactly the word. Go on, Mal. What did you make of that interview? Well, I thought it it was um, at the height of diplomacy. I really do. Um, that uh, 
he is um, he's a, 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 a real clever fox of a man. He knows just how to play things. Um, the interview was to impress chairman who are considering changing manager. 100%. Yeah. And you've been it. You've been, listen. I've never been in the game. You've been in the game, and even as a supporter, and I'm 50 now. I've seen this many a time, Mal. Um, I know what that was all about. It was about putting yourself in the shop window. Yes, it? yeah, it certainly was, and uh, 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 because he, 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 he's he's been stuck over in China, hasn't he? And I'm. I'm and then he come um, back to Everton. Of all places, then come back to Everton. I tell you what, if you've if you've I, been I wouldn't in think Liverpool, he wants to go back to China. Is what I, I was going <laughs> to. If you've been a Liverpool manager, you don't need China. To, if you go to Everton, good God, have you got a? <laughs> I mean, John, that was that was. I mean, you know, that listen, we all we all know, we all know, we all know, one hundred percent that this manager was hoping and waiting for the takeover at Newcastle. It just didn't happen when he was hoping it was going to happen. Was. He was forced into that. He was forced into another job opportunity. I mean, it, it's all about timing. You know, we've ended up with Eddie Howe. We're happy we've got Eddie Howe. But Rafa was the one who was destined to take over, wasn't he? Oh, there, there's no question about that. I think in the end, he ran out of faith that the Premier League would allow it to happen mm -hmm. and therefore went off and took another job. Now, we've gone down a different path. I loved Rafa when he was here, but I like what Eddie Howe's doing here. And Eddie Howe is a bit more front foot than Rafa is, so I'm quite happy with where we are. Rafa is now pitching. He's a shrewd cookie. He's now looking yeah. at the situation. He's pitching Leicester. He's pitching West Ham. Um, the trouble with Leicester is that they're in the mess they're in because they're so skint all of a sudden and they've had to sell Fofana, the young centre-half, they've had to let Schmeichel, the goalkeeper, go, etc., etc. The Madison in Thielemann, whether we like it or not, is not as committed to Leicester as they once were because they see it as a sinking ship and Rodgers is going down with the sinking ship. The message I'm getting out of Leicester is they can't afford to sack him because it'll cost them about £10 million. It'll cost him about ten million to sack, which is exactly why he won't walk. You wouldn't sure. walk if you're Absolutely. going to get ten million. Yeah, and so but, it's sort of, it's it's, a, it's one of them situations, Malcolm, isn't it? Where you know he won't walk because he wants door. Yes, and the club can't afford to sack him. So what happens next? Yeah. Uh, but under normal circumstances, Brendan would probably be out. Moyes, who was seen as a superstar over the last two years, resurrecting West Ham from a nothing to a European top seven side, is all of a sudden back to Manchester United and Sunderland. Um, and, and is this, you know, is he shot? Is he whatever? That is how cruel the game is, isn't it? That's, that's why I'm saying don't let Newcastle go one win out of ten. It's amazing. The platitudes, the wonderful Leicester publicity of the last four or five years, the wonderful West Ham publicity of the last two or three years as the rose from the ashes and went into Europe and went into the top seven and kept hold of Declan Rice and everything's wonderful. And all of a sudden this season, for, for mm -hmm. both of them, mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. wonderful. That is what football is all about. And and, and that is how precarious football can be. Um, and, it, and by the way, how many managers out there would love the Newcastle run to go on and be sitting touting for this job? Would be an absolute disgrace because Howe has been absolutely magnificent, deserves our full support, mm -hmm. deserves respect and not be disrespected. But how many people would be sitting out there like vultures, the same as they're sitting outside of Leicester and West Ham now? That is the name of football. That is the game of football. It can be ruthless. And, well, it isn't can be. It is ruthless. And, and can be horrible at times. But 
that is not the Newcastle United situation, but that is certainly the Leicester and West Ham situation. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's surprising from last season or the season before, isn't it? Well, isn't it? Yes. And uh, in, the, in the Leicester situation, uh, uh, there sat uh, um, the manager looking at all the other clubs spending uh, tens upon tens of millions of pounds improving their sides and he's just sitting there no money to spend whatsoever pressure on him to sell players to bring money in and well he must have known then that that it, there was only one way that Leicester were going to go this season um, and so nothing will have come as a surprise to Brendan Rodgers. Because what it does, Malcolm, and you know, you've been inside of clubs as a player and you've been inside of clubs as a manager. What it does, it's not only you can't buy players, it's not only the Fofana is going to be sold and Schmeichel's got to get off the wage bill, it's what it then does to your good yeah. players, like Madison, like you know, yeah. maybe he's not Vardy because at this stage of his life, Vardy is not going to get a big transfer um, to one of the huge clubs because of his age. Thirty-seven, but, isn't he? Right, but you, but Tielemann in Madison, you can't tell me they're firing on all cylinders and as optimistic as they were a couple of seasons ago. Well, life is tough for them. They might even be looking towards January and saying, "Is there a parachute there?" Sure. Well, uh, that, that was one of the things that really did surprise me, where that the, the, there was it, it appeared that Newcastle was showing huge interest in Madison had act, had actually spoken to Leicester, um, and yet Madison didn't seem as if he really wanted to do to make the move. Yeah, um, he did. He did, Malcolm. He was dying to come to Newcastle. Was he really? Yeah, he was. Because I was getting the impression that, that that wasn't the case, John. No, he, so, he, was dying, he was dying to come to Newcastle. Then of why didn't it happen? But, but what Leicester decided, and they did the, the, the deal with Rodgers, um, Rodgers is saying, if we've got to have any chance, we can't have a fire sale of all our top players because we're going to be relegated. I accept that we're going to have to sell one but we must hold on to the others. And the one they sold was for Fauna for Fauna, yeah. million right. or whatever it was to Chelsea. But then we hold on to Telemans and Madison. This is from the manager and the club's point of view, not from the player's point of view. OK, well then why? Why didn't Newcastle, because I understand they are owed £12 million for the um, transfer of Perez. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's right. But why but, didn't Newcastle put the pressure on Leicester to say, okay, well, if Madison's of, uh, um, not available, we want our 12 million? Because it's already agreed that they'll get it in stages set when the transfer took place, and Leicester must have met those agreements that right. if they're paid every nine months or a year or whatever. The, the stages were agreed on the transfer deal and Leicester haven't reneged on them and don't have to don't have to bring them forward, Malcolm. It was agreed between the two clubs. They don't have to bring them forward. Newcastle will pressurise them and say, look, we'll, we'll do it. But they don't have to. Unless they, renege, unless they renege on one of the payments, of course, yeah. which okay. they haven't. But, but nevertheless, Newcastle... that. They could have got a massive debt um, out of the way for Leicester. Oh, but Leicester decided they could afford one. I Chelsea probably paid over the odds for Fofana. Yes, oh, but it was I'm, the only way they could I'm get him. Pretty sure they did. Uh, yeah, it's the only way they could get him. And once that happened, that closed the door on Madison and Tielemans. And by the way, don't think they're pleased about that because they're not. Mm. Yano says, yeah. uh, if Madison is so good, how come Southgate's picked a crocked Phillips, then brought in a just back from injury Henderson? I keep singing the same tune, but Madison is a bad egg. We don't need him. Well, yeah, I can see where the guy's coming from, but it's not like that, is it? The You see, we say they're all midfielders. No, they're not. 
Phillips is a defensive midfielder. Madison's an offensive midfielder. You wouldn't replace really? Phillips with Madison in his squad. No. Because Madison's a, because Phillips is a defending midfielder. Sure, he's, he's, he's a Bruno type player, isn't he? Right. So it, it, they, they are different positions. So yeah. that doesn't tell them what's happening. Um, mm. And by the way, when we say, you know, Madison, just because he doesn't get picked by Gareth Southgate, who may not find him, is all of a sudden a bad egg and all that. Everybody's a handful. Terry Abbott was a handful to handle. Joey Barton was a handful to handle. Players were a handful to handle. Maxie's a handful to handle. But if I was, I was a handful on a Sunday. Well, I know you're still a handful, you mate. But, uh, everybody's a handful. But if they're worth it, they're worth handling, aren't they? You know, there's not you. There's not a team of Cliff Richards. There's not a team of Wizard of Oz going down the yellow brick road. I mean, everybody has got problems, have got different type of personalities. Managers handle those. If they're good enough, you can handle them. Joe Harvey handled a million players who were a different kettle of fish. A fella sitting in the, in the middle had to be looked after pretty tough because he knew he's going right. Um, everybody is not easy to handle. You know who's easy to handle? A player who can't play yeah, because he's grateful. You know who's not easy to handle? A player that can play because he knows he can play. Okay, here we are. International break, sitting in uh, September. Newcastle United, 10th in the Premier League, played 7, won 1, Drawn five, lost one, scored eight, conceded seven, plus one goal difference, eight points. Malcolm, is that a good start the season? It's it's a very good and a very bad start. Um, the, the, the good is is the loss column. We've only lost one, and and even then, I felt that. Uh, Ooh, I, I felt that the referee was very naughty in the way that he added so much time on um, for Liverpool to score so um, to, so deep into um, added time. Um, but what is concerning me is um, a lack of of, of, dan of causing danger to the opposing goal, and uh, I. I've always, I've always believed that if you're going to score goals, if you're going to win, you've got to, you've got to be crashing shots in from the first moment to the last in a game. You've got to be looking first and foremost to get a shot in. If it's not on, okay, then you can pass. But think, I've got to get a shot in. I've got to get a shot in. And I don't think the players are thinking that way at all. I'm, I'm seeing them too happy to go across, 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 rather than just suddenly look to change direction and and, and get in to take a to take a player on. I'm, and it's it, it really is frustrating me. Um, and I uh, and that the players haven't got it in their heads that the number one priority is to score goals. And, and what you finish up with is a whole load of draws and not enough wins. That's through lack of goals. John, yep. apart from that, we are only one point buying Liverpool, two points buying Chelsea, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and four points buying Manchester United. So we're also three points buying Fulham. <laughs> which is the other side of the coin. No, what I would say on the start of the season, it's been disappointing in the progress of the club. The signings were made in January, the signings were made in the summer. We honestly thought we would win more than one of the first seven games. And I think the owners thought that, I think Howe thought that, yeah. and I think the players thought that. I think that's without a shadow of doubt. 
And as I mentioned, outside of Man City, drawn with Brighton, Wolves, Palace and Bournemouth is not good. We can get more points than that. Having said that, I wish to stress that before we sound all negative, before we sound all Ashley and Bruce, let us remember how far we've come in one year. The strides mm -hmm. we have made in one year from where we are to where we are now, where we were to where we are now, is quite amazing. Yes. And it's wonderful and has given me great hope. One of the things that's been against us is VAR. I know that VAR got us the draw, if you like, with Bournemouth, because it was only when he went over and VAR yeah. intervened and he went over and looked at the uh, pitch side monitor that we got the penalty. But VAR before that had been horrendous with us. But I want to take that out of the equation. We have made massive strides. There's absolutely no question about that. But while we are grateful for that and ought to be grateful for that, it does not mean that we can't be disappointed at iffy performances that come along. And we have every right to be disappointed with Palace and even more so with Bournemouth. But I want to stress that in my opinion, this club's going in the right direction let us not fall into the doom and gloom of the Bruce and Ashley era because we're a million miles from that. We are going in the right direction. There's going to be little bumps in the road. Mm. The bumps in the road are Palace, we could have won 1 0 if Vard given us the goal that was ours. Yes. Uh, Wolves, we, sh we don't. We have played. Take Bournemouth out. We have played well this season in most games. We've dominated, as Malcolm said, mm. we've dominated possession, except we haven't been able to turn them into goals. Mm. Because at this moment, we haven't got a regular goal scorer outside of Callum Wilson, who we don't see enough. Uh, we have got to find... In answer, in the final third of the of the pitch, we've spent eighty-five million on two centre forwards. For me, Wood is not Premier League class, and Isaac is not a traditional centre forward. He will be a good player. We have got to keep supporting Isaac. We have got to support him because the kid can play. He scored yeah. a terrific goal at Liverpool. He's got good feet. He's got football intelligence. He will be a good player. We do not get on his back. He's got a great chance. Mm. But let do not expect him to be a Haaland through the middle. Don't expect him to be a Jesus, the, the guy at Arsenal, because he doesn't play straight through the middle like he did. That's why he mm. left Man City, because he was getting shoved out wide. He is not a Callum Wilson. He is a different sort of player. We need to buy another centre-forward in January to help this team for when Callum Wilson left. I mean, orthodox between the posts, centre-forward. But let us not get on Isaac's back. And I'm not saying no Newcastle fans are. Yeah, yeah. Let's not go down that road. No, let's I'm not go down that road. It's got a great chance. He can play. I yeah. look at him. You know what? I look at him and what do I think? I think diamonds can be polished. I think he's a diamond and he can be polished. I think battering mm. rams are battering rams, and I might be talking about Chris Wood. <laughs> Yay! Well, you know what, John? What, what we've started to do on this show is we've started to use part of the show to promote it. And right. you complimenting Chris Wood is what we're going to use on this one. <laughs> diamonds can be polished. Yeah, but but he's not the diamond. Isaac's a diamond. No, 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 no. He's you the battering ram. He's the <laughs> battering ram, and you can't polish battering rams. Pal. I'll edit that and make sure that people <laughs> knew knew that you were saying Chris Wood. Malcolm, <laughs> are you agreeing? What? Uh, <laughs> John's absolutely right about Isaac, but uh, he it's... he's got to be played in 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 the best way to play him he needs 
um, a centre forward who's happy to play with his back to goal and get turned uh, and get into the box and, and finish. And Isaac will play all the way ar around either side um, and, and, and happy to go wide and, and then come in to the oh. area. So, uh, yes, I, I agree. Um, Wood, I think everybody knows my feelings about Wood. Um, that well, we'll leave it there. We'll leave the last word to Paul, Paul Patterson. He says, you can't polish a turd. And, 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 <laughs> uh, and uh, on those words, we've got, we've got to cut the show short. I must, use, gonna do, I must John, use that in the Chronicle tomorrow, Paul. You can use that in the Chronicle tomorrow, but John... John, don't, don't forget, John, we were going to do seven late, but Malcolm's on a promise. So we've got to finish early. Um, I'm not sure what being on a promise means. I'm too I young. Think the, I think the promise was that his dinner will be cold if he doesn't finish. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, or the dinner's in the dog. I'm too young to understand what being on a promise means. Uh, and I'm going to call it. I'm going to call that over there before you end up in the news of the world, lads. Uh, I look forward to seeing you next oh. Thursday. Take care, lads. Still all my fun, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, hope Take Take care, lads. I hope your promise is worth it, big man. <laughs> hey. See you.